Let me tell you something, buddy. Tonight the Fanatic Forum, we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about. A whole lot of wrestling news, plus a loaded pay-per-view weekend. Plus, we got some new comics to talk about. Oh, yeah. But first, right after this. show to talk about here of course i've got some new comics to share with you guys plus we've got a wrestling state of the union going on here tonight yeah we're now a month in change into the triple h era of wwe of him running the show creatively uh there's a lot of changes we're seeing a lot of faces come back aew maybe some behind the scenes stuff going on there we're not entirely sure it's a lot of rumor mill stuff but nonetheless they've got one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year this weekend so Lots of stuff to talk about there. So, yeah, so many things boiling in the wrestling world for sure. So, anywho, so hope you guys are having a good week so far. If you all haven't uh, tuned in the Fanic Forum so far yet, uh, I'm George, uh, like I said earlier. Uh, basically, on the show, we talk about new comic books each week. We talk about wrestling, movies, TV, a lot of superhero stuff. Uh, yeah, just anything geek I decided to talk about that week. So, you know, what your passion is, you know, I've got all kinds of them. I love sharing them with you, and I love you guys sharing them with me. So that's what the forum is all about. We just, we share our passions with each other here when it comes to the geek things, and yeah, we have a good time on here. Hey, Dave Mattingly is on here. Good to see you, Mr. Dave. I hope you're having a good one, sir. All right, so uh, some new books to show off this week here. So uh, kind of a light week, really, as releases go. Um, normally, you know, I pick up maybe like 10 to 15 books, and I only had eight, uh, really. So, uh, But yeah, actually, I had some solid ones, though, so I had some good picks. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Pat myself on the back for that one here. So uh, first one here is uh, Iron Fist number five. Uh, of course, this is Alyssa Wong is the creative, uh, basically the writer on this one here, and uh, Michael Ig is uh, the uh, main artist on here. Really like the style on here. Of course, uh, there was a little mystery to start the series with who is this new Iron Fist. It's not Danny Rand, who's the traditional character, uh, but it is, in fact, Lin Lee, who is uh, formerly known as Swordmaster. Uh, so it, we finally have a Chinese superhero as an Iron Fist. So there you go. Uh, but I've really enjoyed this series so far. Um, of course, uh, Lin Lee has got a... Uh, twin brother that basically he's kind of the darker half sort of thing and so the whole series has been Lin Lee kind of trying to piece his powers back together because basically how he became the Iron Fist is his basically soul sword was exploded and some of those shards are still kind of embedded in his hand so ouch on that one there <laughs> uh, but anywho so uh, now basically in this issue here uh, the fourth issue ended with basically uh, his yeah, older his, his basically his twin brother, uh, essentially raising this demon from the nether world that everybody's kind of you know dreading coming up here, uh, and Lindley was still kind of in conflict with both his sets of powers, uh, but now basically this issue he finally comes to terms with both sets and learns how to work them in harmony, uh, and it's some pretty cool effect in here. Uh, and it's interesting this issue on the cover teases Loki. Loki literally shows up on the last page. So why, you know, that should have been more a surprise. Why we needed Loki as a selling point of this issue, I don't know. But whatever else. It's, it's still good stuff. So Marianne is on here. Good to see you, Marianne. Let's see here. All right. Dave's saying, uh, Wild Week on the small screen. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, what we do in the shadows is a new season. She-Hulk, Rings of Power. Harley Quinn, Lower Decks, and Resident Alien. Uh, yeah, all that and more. Uh, of course, I mean, a lot of movies uh, have kind of made it different streaming services. I think Elvis is on HBO Max. 
the most recent Jurassic Park movie is on Peacock. Um, also, there's um, uh, old, uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, produced movie called Hunk for Jesus, kind of seems like a almost like a satire, you know, some of the uh, uh, you know, like the Southern Baptist kind of you know, culture. I don't know, I'm not exactly sure what it's about, but they're definitely like kind of like some televangelist kind of couple. But the trailer looks pretty interesting, though. So, I mean, that's on there. So, yeah, tons of so, lots of reasons to stay inside this weekend. It's basically what we're all trying to tell you here. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Jaws is at the big, the, the uh, back on the big screen for tomorrow. So, uh, is it apparently it's in 3D is what I heard? I hope that's not true because don't ruin a classic with just cheapening and just release the movie as is. You don't need to add anything on it. I mean, unless you're going to improve the 3D on Jaws 3D, then there you go. Because, I mean, that was a, wasn't that great of a movie anyway, so really the only draw was, oh, cool, it's a Jaws in 3D movie. But, yeah, yeah so now, and Marianne is confirming that, yes, that Jaws... They're re-releasing the original Jaws in 3D for Labor Day weekend. So, well, hopefully the 3D is good. Maybe hopefully it's not too distracting, you know, from the actual movie. So, yeah, either way, the original Jaws, absolute classic. I kind of have a soft spot for Jaws 4, though. But, you know, it had some good moments, but then sometimes it kind of got a little screwy. But I have a soft spot for Jaws 4, though. All right, next up on the docket here, uh, the fourth issue of the Obi-Wan uh, miniseries here from Star Wars. This has been a lot of fun because uh, if you remember in the Jason Aaron run of Star Wars, uh, every now and then they kind of would do like a nice open entry issue uh, where it's basically just Luke kind of thumbing through Obi-Wan's journal. This is after Obi-Wan, of course, passed away in the events of Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, so Luke is just thumbing through Obi-Wan's journals and gets different stories about his life when he was maybe, you know, hiding out, you know, after the Clone Wars on Tatooine or maybe some elements of his early days or whatever else. So uh, this is basically, you know, a miniseries all kind of based around that idea where Obi-Wan's kind of contemplating his life in different stages. So uh, as you can see from the cover here, we are smack dab in the middle of the Clone Wars here because there's... You know, a little bit older Anakin here hasn't quite turned into Vader just yet. And there he's side by side with Obi-Wan. So uh, a really cool story here. Uh, basically, almost kind of like an Apocalypse Now kind of feel. Because basically, we've got a soldier who was a great commander uh, and basically was on a mission and essentially did not come back and went a little crazy. And he's got a kind of a bit of a... So it's definitely an Apocalypse Now sort of story. Uh, is set to the tune of uh, the Clone Wars and so in Star Wars. So pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Dave's saying about the Jaws 3D, we're going to need a bigger dimension. <laughs> uh, you old Weisenheimer, you. I, tell you, I love that guy. <laughs> All right, next up on the Marvel list here, the uh, fifth and final issue of Knights of X. This has been a really fun X-Men series. I kind of got a little, you know, I guess overwhelmed with the rest of the X-Men stuff here. Just a lot of politics, a lot of exposition going on. And they kind of, there's been some cool stories, but then there's been also just a lot of stuff. So like, you know what? I'm just, I kind of like a simpler X-Men story. I, I liked Jonathan Hickman, how things first started off where, you know, the mutants kind of their status had elevated. They're now able to kind of like, you know, have their gateways of jumping in between different countries. They have their own island, you know, even the whole, you know, terraforming Morocco. But now it's like, all right, we're just kind of getting a little thick of basically watching a lot of council meetings going on here. It's like, okay, this has been a really exciting story. If you're into the uh, Excalibur era uh, or kind of the realm of the X stuff, this is totally that because you've got Elizabeth Braddock here, who is currently the Captain Britain uh, for our Earth, uh, not her brother. So that's why, and but of course, she's kind of using her mutant uh, telekinetic powers to uh, make it an Excalibur kind of sword there. But yeah, this has been a really cool story because uh, you're kind of basically going back and forth between our world and other world, which is basically other world is where Megan comes from. Uh, if you're uh, familiar with her from the Excalibur books, uh, where she is basically a fairy, essentially. And so it's very mystical, uh, you know, lots of supernatural, you know, fairies and dragons and orcs and, you know, wizards and all kinds of, you know, you know, Fay people, stuff like that. So really cool stuff there. So, uh, but of course, that's um, 
uh, the Siege Perilous, which you may remember from the X-Men books, which basically is like a giant mirror, but you kind of go through it and weird things happen. You go on this weird journey. And when the X-Men originally went through it, uh, everybody, essentially what had happened in a previous event, everybody thought they died. And so they go through the Siege Perilous at one point, And when they come out of it, suddenly they can't be recorded by any you know, video cameras or any security cameras or, you know, photographs or anything like that. So helping perpetuate the fact that they're all dead, you know, no one can have any proof. Hey, they're still alive. There's a Colossus right there. You know, snap a picture. Yeah, you can't do that. So oh, a strange period of the X, but it's still nonetheless. So, so that's where the Siege Perilous comes from. So it comes back in play in there. Uh, but you got a really cool kind of ragtag group of uh, some mutant characters. Gambit's thrown in here as well. Uh, so yeah, some really neat stuff there. So it was a mini series they want to throw in there to kind of get us up to a certain point. Uh, and so I, I like how things ended. So I enjoy the series. So I definitely recommend picking it up, uh, especially if you like a good kind of like fantasy sort of thing mixed in with your uh, superhero stuff. And speaking of fantasy and superheroes, over at DC was kind of the wrapping up of Superman's uh, War World epic here. This is the War World Apocalypse special. Uh, this is the cover, uh, the C cover here variants. Uh, I just absolutely love this cover. It is so awesome. Uh, but Daniel War, um, I'm sorry, not Daniel War Johnson. Um, oh, good Lord. Phil Kenny Johnson. Okay, there's a lot of Johnsons going on right now with, you know, there are a couple of really good ones here. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, Phil Kenny Johnson's, uh, I'm getting them all mixed up here. Anyway, Phil Kenny Johnson's the writer on this one here. Uh, and so this is, of course, kind of the, you know, cap off of Superman, seemingly thought dead, uh, trapped on War World, no powers, a younger new Mongol has been running things here. And this has just been very cool, very kind of Spartacus sort of feel to the story where Superman basically was a slave and kind of helping the other slaves rise up against Mongol. And some of these slaves are also uh, kind of a lost tribe of Kryptonians that have basically been gone well before Krypton exploded. Uh, but he finds them there. So almost like he's got some a handful of new Kryptonians again. Uh, but, of course, they're much different than old Kal-El. So, uh, you know, some of them kind of tease that maybe they might pop up again later on and cause some trouble. So we'll see. Uh, but our boy Cal is back on Earth uh, in the arms of Lois Lane, uh, ready, I guess, to kind of, you know, this will return in action comics. But of course, uh, you know, you got the Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline going on there. So, you know, Superman's very busy right but actually, some I don't really get into Superman stuff, but this was an intriguing storyline. I like the writer, so and I, I've been very pleased with it. So, I'm, you know, a nice run. Uh, over in the Indies, here are a couple of cool ones here. Uh, Opus Comics has been doing a new Death Dealer series based on the art of Frank Frazetta. And this has just been a really fun series here. Kind of really delving deeper into the Death Dealer character. Of course, you may remember him on the back here. You know, the, the big guy here and the... Uh, you know, the horns, uh, you know, usually astride a big black horse and, you know, branching an axe here. Then let's see. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a classic shot of him right here. So, yeah. There's our guy. So, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, so this is kind of more of a, you know, you get an origin story in this fourth issue. And this kind of is the end of book one. There will be, you know, a next issue. But, you know, if you're buying trades... This is, you know, the fourth issue in that, so there you go. Uh, but what's really cool about this particular issue is you get a flashback, kind of a little bit of Death Dealer's origin. So there's a kind of a different art style there. And then you go a little further into the book, and there's the art style we've seen throughout most of the series here, where it's kind of, you know, it's very dark, but it's a little, you know, still has a little bit lighter feel to it. But then you get a little bit into the issue here where... Uh, basically, we get a much more violent sort of death dealer. He kind of has to kind of, you know, let the helmet take over, so to speak, that's cursed. And we get uh, this. <laughs> so this is not for children. Uh, it is very violent. Uh, they uh, sometimes use F words. There's some nudity and stuff like that. So it's not a series for kids. But if you like your gritty, uh, you know, fantasy stuff like that, especially if you're a Frank Vizetta fan, uh, then yeah, this has been a really cool series because there have been 
two or three series over the years that independent companies have done using the Death Dealer character and trying to make a series out of them. But I think this one's really done the best because you really kind of delve into the duality of the Cole character where, you know, he basically is cursed with this helmet. He can't depart from it. It's with him eternally. He can't even take the thing off. Uh, and then basically it's also, you know, it kind of shares the psyche with him. Basically, it's another presence that's there that he talks to, uh, and it can take over where he becomes far more violent to the point where Cole cannot control it whatsoever. And yeah, you get some some pretty violent stuff here. So yeah, but I just tell you, it's, it's gritty you know, fantasy stuff. I absolutely love it. So, and Dave Manley agrees, Frazetta is tops. There you go. So, all right. And last but not least here, uh, I haven't really talked about this book much, but I've been reading G.I. Joe since Larry Hama took the book over uh, when IDW has put it out here. Uh, he's been doing this for, gosh, 150 plus issues, maybe. I mean, it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, unfortunately, IDW has lost the uh, rights to G.I. Joe. It's going, I think, to Dark Horse Comics. I'm not 100% on that one. But uh, next year, the rights will transfer over to a new company. Uh, so, unfortunately, we are wrapping things up for G.I. Joe. So, issue 300 is the cap. This is issue 297 here. So, we only have three more issues to go. But uh, this last storyline is basically Dr. Mindbender is trying to resurrect or trying to recreate another Serpentor. But this one, a little more controllable, a little more focused, where he doesn't have so many different world leaders inside his head kind of, you know, taking things, you know, mixing things up a little bit. It's a little more focused. So he essentially decides to resurrect Genghis Khan and then also basically update Genghis Khan in current military tactics, technology, whatever else. So you have all the great warrior tactics of Genghis Khan, plus he's all like super physical jacked up and he knows everything about modern day technology. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, what's really cool, though, is you get some uh, hot ninja action going on here because you got, like, Snake Eyes and Jinx and Dawn and uh, a lot of the other martial arts characters that are all fighting with this guy. And it's this is a action-filled issue. So Larry Hama is going out with a bang on this one. I really hope that whoever picks up the franchise for G.I. Joe in the comics brings Larry back, even if they don't want to continue the continuity Larry's writing me, come on, the guy set the standard with, you know, the, you know, the comics of the 80s, with the file cards on the figures, so, I mean, he is G.I. Joe, as far as I'm concerned, and, you know, there have been some other good G.I. Joe books over the years that have been some interesting things, or kind of, you know, retcons of certain things, or recreating certain characters, but honestly, when Larry does the book, there's nothing better, so that's just my opinion. Uh, Dave Mangley says, um, at least G.I. Joe comic knows it's coming to end and have time to wrap things up. Yeah, absolutely. IDW, I think they've lost also the Transformers license as well. So, yeah, again, basically both, you know, properties know they have until the end of the year to wrap things up. And so IDW may be doing some other things. A lot of times they've been uh, releasing these best of anthologies where it's like, eight dollars and you get about four or five issues of one volume and it's throughout the different years that idw has published sometimes it's for the marvel years and sometimes been from other writers but they've done ones for like you know best of cobra best of gi joe and they do individual like best of destro storm shadow snake eyes cobra commander you know all sorts of different characters so and they've done the same thing with a lot of the Ninja Turtles stuff and Transformers. So even if you aren't reading those series normally, you can pick up some of those anthologies and have a little fun kind of going through different, you know, stages of those characters or stages of those books and everything. So it's a fun way to kind of catch up if you want to. Uh, last but not least, of course, I didn't pick this up last week. Uh, this came in the mail. Uh, but our buddy John Crowther, who, uh, of course, uh, I interviewed him about a month or so ago, uh, his Kickstarter... Uh, uh, go fund or his Kickstarter program for the Terry Funk biographical comic has uh, been, you know, reached its goal and the book has arrived and it is glorious. Uh, this is, of course, a much younger Terry Funk, you know, back in his early years when he was an NWA champion. So you get, you know, fantastic art in this book here. Uh, but yeah, you really get, let's see. Um, Get the artist's name, uh, Marco Cantalina. I definitely want to give him credit here, but yeah, just some 
really fantastic art here. So this is just the first issue of that. So well, there will be more to come. Uh, of course, this is a you know a funded book here uh, independently. So you know basically you know issue two will come. Whatever, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the plan is. You know, John could tell you better than I could. Uh, but yeah, so this was a really cool. And of course, this ends with Terry winning the NWA championship for the first time. Uh, of course, that's a piece of history. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just really cool stuff here. Uh, but it's very interesting where Terry's career goes after the late 70s and the early 80s when he was still with the NWA and then kind of went transferred over to the WCW. Uh, so he had a brief stint in WWE uh, as the character Chainsaw Charlie. I couldn't even call him by his normal name. Um, and then there's the ECW years. And that's where the man completely reinvents himself and has an entirely successful second half of his career because he becomes the king of hardcore, the king of death matches. Uh, I mean, you can't, it's hard for me to picture Terry Funk his early career because his later career is so stark. I mean, basically, I, I'm used to him being, you know, you know, bleeding to bejesus, you know, cut all with barbed wire and God knows whatever else, and just looking tough as nails and bandaged up and ready to fight. And yeah, <laughs> that's the Terry Funk I know. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be issue two, I'm sure. So uh, I'm looking forward to whenever that comes out uh, when they put the uh, Kickstarter. Or, uh, yeah, I think it's Kickstarter. Yeah, whatever the job is on Kickstarter for that, I will definitely share that on the page. Uh, so, if you guys are interested in getting a copy from that, there you go. I think John may still have uh, some copies left uh, that have himself. You know, so, if you weren't able to join the Kickstarter, uh, you may have to contact John Crowther for uh, get a copy from that. So, there you go. But he's a friend of the show, so I can link you guys up if anybody's interested. All right. So, uh, we're going to take a brief break here for our sponsor. And then when we come back, we got some wrestling to talk about, so we'll be right back. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit CB4K.org. All right. So we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about here. There's a very big weekend of wrestling here. So basically, starting tomorrow, uh, WWE has their event, uh, Clash of the Castle. Uh, that's going to be coming from uh, Scotland, I believe. Yeah, so Air Scotland, I think. Uh, basically home for uh, Mr. There he is, Drew McIntyre. So, oh, Cardiff, Wales. I'm sorry, coming from Cardiff, Wales. Uh, but yeah, so he and Roman Reigns are going to go out for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So yeah, both belts there. <laughs> so that's a really good match. They've done a really good job of building things up. And uh, yeah, so that's the big uh, highlight for that one there. That starts at 12 noon tomorrow because it's going to be live from... Cardiff, Wales. So there you go. So do the math, kids. So yeah, starting at 12 minutes. That's pretty cool. So you get a nice afternoon wrestling pay-per-view there. Uh, and then on Sunday, you basically get double action here because at 3.30, also on Peacock, coming from WWE, uh, is their NXT event, Worlds Collide. And that is normally uh, when they've got a lot of their developmental brands that will kind of have a crossover pay-per-view. So in this case, uh, the NXT UK uh, program is dissolving and being absorbed into the NXT proper, or some of those wrestlers are being called up to the main roster. Uh, but what's happening, though, is that they're basically they're unifying all the belts. So basically, you're going to have a unification for the uh, NXT women and UK belt. Uh, you're going to have a unification for the NXT uh, men heavyweight championship and the UK championship. And of course, the tag team as well. So a lot of stuff going on there. So that starts, I think, at 3.30 um, Eastern on Peacock. And then later on that night on pay-per-view is AEW All Out, which is one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year. So a whole lot of stuff going on here. Tons and tons of wrestling. So, yeah, going to be a lot of fun there. Uh, and we'll you know talk a little bit more about some of those matches that I'm looking forward to and a little more in-depth on those. 
but yeah, some interesting stuff too, of course, in news-wise in the world of wrestling. Of course, you know, like I said at the top of the show, we are now a month and change into the Triple H era of things. You know, he's, you know, Vince McMahon had to step down. Um, they say it was a retirement, but hey, the man's being investigated by his own company. And so, yeah, it was time to go. So I hand the reins over to somebody else. And frankly, it's been pretty good so far. I mean, the ratings have really gone up big time for Raw, especially. We're seeing a lot of faces returning. Uh, some of them that were released last year. Uh, of course, like at SummerSlam, you had Dakota Kai and EO Sky show back up. Uh, Bailey, who had been gone on injury for a while, we didn't know if she was coming back at all. And now she's back. So uh, and then we've seen, you know, faces like Dexter Loomis come back and I think who else? There's there's been a few people. So, uh, but most notably now, uh, and it's been officially you know, announced, Braun Strowman will be returning. So he has signed a contract. He's coming back. I guess it's only a matter of time for that. So that's big news there. Um, of course, there's a lot of heavy rumors going on that you know Bray Wyatt's coming back to the company. Uh, there's been a lot of kind of seemingly maybe some you know trying to you know get some people that have gone to other companies to come back. Uh, there was rumor like, you know, Jericho was approached. Uh, there's rumors that possibly Miro might be going back or, you know, uh, you know, uh, Malachi Black might be going back. So a lot of rumors and such going on here. So it's basically just kind of an exciting time in wrestling because Triple H is definitely going to be much more friendly to the talent. Um, a lot more looser creative ideas, a lot more getting back to the wrestling product. You know, Raw recently has been starting with matches which is you know lately you know for, for several years we were starting with 20 minute promos and segments you know people talking in the ring and maybe they get in a fight by the end of the segment but we didn't have an actual match i mean this is a wrestling program for god's sakes and we weren't starting with wrestling so now we are um yeah so just some interesting stuff there interesting returns you know eventually so we might see some more faces coming back um, another interesting fact, too, is that, uh, of course, a lot of behind-the-scenes people were let go last year from WWE as well. One of those, when we had this new NXT 2.0 launch, which they just threw a lot of neon on it and just it's bad creative. We got some good characters out of it, some good wrestling, but there's a lot of bad characters. Um, so, I don't know. Well, there, there's a lot of work they've got to do. Fortunately, though, uh, let's see, Ryan Katz, who was basically one of the lead creative producers uh, for the old black and gold brand, was rehired. So that's a very good sign because basically he worked right under Triple H uh, during his era of running uh, creative on NXT. So, you know, I we're basically we've been told that the PG era of WWE is over. We're going to be starting to see TV 14 kind of stuff. We've already kind of seen a little bit elements of that. Uh, there was a promo on uh, WWE uh, Raw this past Monday where, you know, uh, basically it was kind of like a, a via satellite sort of thing because you had Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins are going to be facing each other at Clash of the Castle. And they're definitely getting into a heated confrontation. Seth says the wrong thing. And Matt Riddle is bleep. They're being bleeped out. But he's dropping multiple F-bombs. And you know exactly what he's saying. And this is happening during a promo so it's like they're not trying to cut away or anything like that they can't do anything but i think this is kind of what we're going to be seeing here so it's not going to be like the old attitude era we're going to be seeing like a lot of sexuality a lot of provocative content and try to do like copying trash tv jerry springer kind of stuff right that is passe now i think what we're going to be seeing though is possibly you know yes we're going to be seeing a lot more adult content as in maybe a little bit looser promos, a little bit looser language. They, you know, maybe taking some more personal shots, kind of going there, you know, you know, blurring the lines, so to speak, on your promo of like, are you really mad at this person? Or are you just like, did you get permission to talk smack about his, you know, dead mother or his ex-wife or, you know, whatever else? So, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of, you know, things like that. But I think we're going to also see, of course, AEW, uh, their programming is very loose when it comes to violence and bloodshed on the program. And we've seen a lot of stuff that we haven't seen from WWE in a better part of a decade. So maybe we're going to start seeing that more often. So, you know, Extreme Rules matches from WWE will actually have bloodshed in them, which is really weird how people are taking chair shots and getting thrown into steel things and we're not seeing people get cut open. It's like, come on, <laughs> what are we doing here? 
So, I don't know. It, I, it's an exciting time, and I'm very, I'm, I'm tenuous at best, but I am definitely tuning in, uh, definitely on Raw, occasionally on SmackDown and NXT. It kind of depends on what's going on. I watched NXT this week because there it was their go-home for a pay-per-view. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see here. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, so going back to our Clash the Castle stuff here. So, of course, like I said, we've got the big uh, world, tech, uh, world tournament, or can't talk here, <laughs> the world championship match. Uh, another interesting one I'm looking forward to, actually, is the Intercontinental Championship match between current champion Gunther, I like him better as Walter, but he's Gunther now, uh, and Sheamus. And yeah, this is going to be a couple of bruisers here. This is going to be just a nice knockdown, drag out match here. So yeah, I, I, I love, you know, Gunther anyway. He, I mean, this guy's just this giant Austrian you know, very old school kind of wrestler. Uh, you know, he's you know very much you know you know honor with the mat, and you know he wipes his feet before he gets the ring, kind of stuff there. So he takes his wrestling sort of seriously. So you know, don't don't mock him, and definitely don't say it's fake. He will he will stretch you. <laughs> uh, big, uh, of course, a big six woman tag uh, match here that's been building for a while. We've got. Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, and Asuka versus the new alliance here of Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai. Uh, they keep kind of going back and forth with what they're calling them, what they're not calling them. At first, I thought they were going to call them Control, which was pretty cool because Bailey made a tweet. Uh, and she was essentially was quoting Janet Jackson lyrics, but they kind of sounded foreboding. So, yeah. Anyway, so I, I don't know what they're going to call them right now. They're just calling them by their names right now. But it's a nice team here. Uh, this was a basically a pitch that Bailey sent to Vince McMahon a while back for bringing these two, you know, uh, women up from NXT, pairing them with Bailey. So you kind of got two youngers with a heavy or we come with a veteran. And then they're definitely going to be a, you know, a villain tag team. Uh, but the idea was rejected by Vince. Now Vince is gone. This was Triple H and Bailey's project. So boom, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you get rid of the old man, suddenly all the good ideas start coming back here. There you go. Uh, another big match, of course, uh, for the SmackDown Women's uh, Championship uh, is Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. And it's really interesting to see how they've done Liv Morgan. Where, you know, initially I didn't think much of her when she first came on here. It's like, okay, she's happy and springy and jumps around a lot and She's sweet and nice, but I don't think of her like as a serious wrestler. Fast forward to a few years later, she's now women's champion. So she's obviously stepped up her game and worked her butt off. So definitely kudos to her. But come on, Shayna Baszler, that's going to be, if she survives that, that's going to be a tough match. But yeah, because Shayna is a badass. All right, uh, with the Worlds Collide event, like I was saying earlier, uh, this is cool because we're just seeing like a lot of you know, unification for, you know, different championships. So, uh, of course, the big match here, uh, unifying the uh, UK uh, NXT Championship and the proper NXT Championship. So we've got Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bates. And this is going to be a really good match. Because, I mean, if you haven't watched any of the NXT UK stuff, or if you don't regularly tune into UK, uh, NXT or some of their big tournaments they have. Tyler Bate is a delight to watch in the ring. Just a great technical wrestler. He has a little bit of fun with it, too. But, man, this guy can go. Uh, and I've been very, very impressed with Brock Breaker. Of course, if you're not familiar with him, this is the son of the bulldog gremlin Rick Steiner himself. Uh, or the dog-faced gremlin. And, yeah, I just, you know, this kid's a legacy. And he has not disappointed. He is... He's a big, powerful dude. Uh, he's working on his character a little bit more. But, yeah, just in the ring, he is awesome. So that will be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Uh, of course, the women's uh, unification match here. So we've got the NXT champion, Mandy Rose, the NXT uh, UK women's championship, Miko Satomura, uh, which, of course, this woman has been wrestling for nearly 30 years. She originally started in WCW in the 90s. She was very young, of course. She was kind of like Ray Mysterio's kind of age, like I mean, 18, 19 years old when she first started. Uh, but, yeah, so glad to see her in a high-profile match here. And then we got the newcomer here, Blair Davenport, being thrown in here, so making this a triple threat. But she's been a major contender over in the U.K., uh, so, yeah, she's basically had a program going on with Mako. Uh, so they threw Mandy Rose in here because where she's current champion over at NXT and done quite well for herself over that. So, 
no, some interesting stuff there. Uh, let's see here. Where is my... Okay, well, I lost my graphic with the tag match on there. But uh, one other big high-profile match uh, is the uh, North American Championship. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is the current champion, and he's going to put it up against Ricochet. And God, I love me some Ricochet. Of course, I, I love anybody that was associated with the Lucha Underground brand, but uh, Ricochet is probably one of the greatest high flyers in the ring since Rey Mysterio. I'm, I you know, some people may or may not agree with me on that one, but my God, this guy's amazing in the ring. I mean, I'm an AJ Styles fan, and Ricochet blew me blew me away more than AJ Styles did. And AJ Styles really impressed me, you know, when he was in uh, TNA and you know later Impact Wrestling. Uh, of course, I was glad to see him coming to WWE, but yeah, AJ's early career when he was, you know, very young, starting out in TNA wrestling, uh, that's that's some that's some awesome wrestling. So that's some really really good stuff to watch here. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And of course, also uh, I'm missing my graphic for the uh, NXT Tag Team Championship being you know merged with the UK Championship. So with that, you've got uh, the current champions. Let's see, I think I wrote this all down here. Let me get my notes here. Sorry, folks. Ah, here we go. Oh, yeah. So, okay, the uh, current NXT championships are the Creed Brothers. Um, then over on the NXT, you've got uh, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. And then, of course, joining in the four-way match are Pretty Deadly and Gallus. Uh, so, of course, Gallus has kind of made their way uh, into NXT proper. Uh, Pretty Deadly, we've seen them a little bit, but, yeah, they're a big deal over NXT UK. Uh, and a very good team. They, they, it's a great name because these guys are just, you know, they're gorgeous human beings and they're really glammed up and everything like that. But in the ring, they are, you know, they live up to the deadly name there. So, uh, yeah, so lots of good wrestling going on there. Um, let's see. Of course, with the Clash of the Castle, uh, a few other matches I didn't highlight on there. We've got uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio taking on the Judgment Day. Uh, Matt Riddle and Rollins, like I said, which that that should be a pretty hot match there as well. So, uh, yeah, so really cool stuff going on here. Now, with AEW, on the other hand, they have got themselves, you know, kind of basically their biggest pay-per-view of the year, I'm sure, uh, being all out. Uh, they're live in Chicago. Uh, they basically have been there all week. So we had Dynamite on Wednesday. Later tonight, we've got Rampage. And then Sunday at 7 o'clock uh, starts the kickoff show. And then 8 o'clock proper on pay-per-view or uh, Fight TV or uh, several other kind of different streaming services. Uh, you know, this isn't like Peacock anymore, but this is like an old school. You got to get a pay-per-view for this one here. But nonetheless, it is, will be worth the price you pay because it's going to be a big show. Uh, and if you've never watched an AEW pay-per-view, I will warn you, uh, you'll be up to midnight. <laughs> it starts at 8 o'clock. It will go to midnight. They take up every bit of those four hours they want because they only do quarterly pay-per-views. So they just do four a year. So they, you, you get your money's worth, but uh, hope you don't have to go to work on Monday early. <laughs> uh, of course, we've got lots of big matches for that one here. This one has drawn a lot of controversy here for the AEW World Championship. Current champion, John Moxley, going once on once again with CM Punk. Um, this has been rooted in some controversy because, you know, they... Originally had this match signed, and then two weeks ago on Dynamite, Tony Khan announces, hey, we're going to have this match two weeks early. And then basically Punk seemingly injures his foot after coming back from an injury, um, you know, where they had basically, you know, Mox serving as an interim champion, and they have this unification match where now we have one belt, but now it's kind of this doubt was like, you know, can Punk do this again? Is he too snake bit from his injuries? You know, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of questions. So Mox is looking very strong coming in here. Punk is looking pretty weak. Uh, but kind of interesting promo on um, you know, Dynamite this week here where you've got his uh, friend and trainer uh, kind of, you know, giving him a pep talk here and Punk kind of giving a good hometown speech because he's, you know, he's a Chicago boy. They're in Chicago. Uh, they're a very punk, you know, heavy crowd. So, you know, he's, you know, doing his big hometown speech there, but I don't know. It felt weird. 
like this, this something very strange about this match is going to happen here. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if you're watching AEW, you know there's kind of a missing person uh, has been gone for now a few months now, being MJF. Uh, this guy's a fantastic bad guy if you're not familiar with him. Very old school, kind of the old days of Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Ric Flair, you know, and, you know, Harley Race or something like that, where it's like they will cut you with words before they even stretch you in the ring. I just, just, you know, and, and this guy like keeps the gimmick going. Like if a little kid comes up to, it used to be, you know, it's like in the old days, you know, guys stayed what they call kayfabe. If you're not familiar with the term there, where they stayed in character if they were out at an airport or they were walking around the grocery store and so, you know, if you were Hulk Hogan in the eighties and a little kid came up to you and said, I want an autograph, you better sign that autograph. But if you were a bad guy, that kid better run away crying. And dad better want to kick your butt because of that. But you had to stay in that character. But since the 90s, we kayfabe kind of faded away. The internet kind of really killed all that. So, you know, we, you know, they, there was irrefutable proof that wrestling was not 100% real, that basically these guys were playing characters. They weren't really these, you know, who they were. So there you go. Uh, but MJF, on the other hand, has brought that kayfabe back where he stays in character 100% of the time, even to the point where even on like the TV shows, like his own parents are rooting against him because he talks crap about them. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, the, the guy is a heel through and through. So, uh, but he's been gone for a while. He seemed to be, you know, on TV, he gave a very scathing promo where he seemed to be very unhappy with his position in the company, where he thought he would deserve more money, more prestige because of who he is and what he brings to the table. And he's been gone ever since. Uh, so that's always the kind of thing, that, you know, will he be coming back? There's potential for, you know, two moments for that. You know, one definitely being in this world championship match because he's had scraps with both Mox, but definitely with CM Punk. Uh, when CM Punk came back to the company, MJF was basically the first person he kind of went against. So, yeah, that could be something there. But the other possibility is this casino ladder match we've got coming up here. So, essentially, it's a proper ladder match where you've got a total of eight competitors who will be vying for a championship match any place, anywhere. So it's very similar to Money in the Bank, uh, but they don't carry around a stupid briefcase all the time. They basically say, "Whatever well, you've got a match whenever you want it, and they'll book it, and there you go. It's not like a big surprise. They'll, they'll make a big event out of it. Well, when they always have these casino ladder matches, they always have a Joker character, because they, they, AEW loves their... Uh, uh, you know, playing card analogies here. So we've got, you know, you know, all in, all out, uh, double or nothing, you know, all these sort of things like that. And then, of course, they love their, you know, casino ladder matches. So we've got, you know, you know, they'll have a mix up guys and they're coming in the ring. And but there's always going to be a mystery character. So that's the thing. We don't have no idea who this mystery character is. They've teased nothing. So it could be anybody. But, you know, fans are wondering, could it be MJF? So. There, there's there's a lot going on, a lot of speculation. So like I said a, a lot of behind the scenes stuff going in AEW. Of course, they've only been around for a couple of years now, so you know they've been riding some nice highs of success. But obviously, they're going to have some growing pains. They're going to have some people who maybe get signed to the company, but they don't think they get used properly because there's maybe too many people around, and so they end up leaving. Um, a good example of this is they announced that Bobby Fish is going to be leaving, which. Is unfortunate because they were kind of doing this undisputed era, you know, faction versus the elites. And now that's not going to happen because you're one man short now. So I don't know. So, it, you know, of course, there's rumors. Like I said, you know, a lot of, you know, people who were formerly in WWE who were released and gone over to AEW, maybe they're not happy and they kind of want to come back and see what this Triple H era is all about. So, you know, we may not, we may be seeing a lot of switching around back and forth here. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm tenuous at best of seeing kind of what's happening, but I expect there's a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of tumultuousness going on right now. A lot of shifting. Around. So we'll see here, but uh, a lot of other big high profile matches for AEW. Um, lots of big six man tag matches going on here. 
We've got Wardlow and FTR, which FTR are not the current uh, AEW tag team champions, but they might as well be because they have every other tag team championship. <laughs> so uh, that's an awesome team. Going up against Jay Lethal and uh, coming in special from Impact Wrestling, the Motor City Machine Guns, which that should be awesome because I love me some Motor City Machine Guns. So that should be pretty cool. Uh, another six-man tag match I'm looking forward to is the House of Black versus the uh, Union of Miro, Darby Allen, and Sting. Uh, this is going to be awesome. House of Black has been a really fun, uh, very dark, supernatural, bad guy faction uh, sort of thing like that. You know, all you know, with the exception of Brody King, we got some ex WWE guys in here. Um, Sting and Darby Allen have been warring with him for a while, but now they've been kind of going after Miro, initially trying to recruit him, but that didn't work out so well. So uh, basically, you, you made the Redeemer mad. Uh, that's not a good thing to do there. So, yeah, that should be uh, a fun match. I, I love that pairing of Sting and Darby Allen. Um, and then, yeah, Miro's character in AEW has been a lot of fun, where he's like, he feels almost like he's like Conan the Barbarian. He's like screaming at God like Conan would scream at Krom. You know, like they're arguing with, uh, with each other. You know, why are you doing this to me? You know, sort of thing like that. You know, and, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm going to win this, and, you know, despite you and not with you sort of thing. You know, so yes, there's some strange promos here, but I, I like what's going on. So, yeah, lots of tag action going on here. Uh, of course, the... Uh, AEW tag team match will or tag team belts will be defended. Um, let's see, you've got uh, well, let's see, I lost that graphic too. Oh, okay, well, I'm I don't have all my graphics, that's okay. But yeah, so the AEW tag match is gonna be uh, tag belts are gonna be going up as well, so that should be interesting. Uh, this new All Atlantic uh, championship that AEW introduced here is being defended. Pac, your current champion, uh, versus the finally returning Kip Sabian. This guy has been on the shelf for quite some time, but he's trying to make himself relevant. Uh, if you've been watching AEW, he's the guy sitting in the front row wearing a box on his head that says, you know, underrated, uh, you know. You know, sort of thing like that. So he's been doing this sad, no one loves me, no one's using me on TV sort of gimmick, and, you know, that sort of thing like that. So, but a very talented wrestler, glad to see him back. This should be a nice match here. I'm looking at this should be a nice, you know, very technical, lots of high-flying, hard-hitting, so that should be good stuff there. Um, of course, we're going to see part of this result tonight on Rampage with uh, the Dark Order teaming up with my boy Hangman Adam Page. That's why I'm, you know, Graphic off here. That's why I'm wearing his shirt tonight here. So finally, you know, making a proper union here with the Dark Order. Uh, members John Silver and Alex Reynolds going against the best friends. And I, for me, I really, my money's on the Dark Order because I think if they get past the best friends tonight, which I believe they will, then Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega once again going after a belt, even though that's the world championship, it's the new trios championship that tells a story. And that's going to be a very awesome pairing. And frankly, I think at this point, the dark order is due because ever since the death of Brody Lee, this has not been the same team since. And they've lost, you know, three members recently uh, Two have left the company and one basically kind of got, shelved because he has personal beef with CM Punk and CM Punk's the golden boy right now the big money draw and so you know Colt Cabana who's not gets shifted to the back row and you know regulated to ROH which has shows occasionally so yeah it's that's it, some elements of backstage politics dealing in wrestling there but yeah if you don't get along with the big star there guess what happens <laughs> you don't get on TV uh, but some other matches that have nothing to do with titles here, but just be some good grudge matches here. We've got Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. Uh, basically, these two factions with the uh, uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society have been going at it for quite some time. So that should be an awesome match there. Uh, let's see. Also, in the uh, the kickoff here, you know, the kind of their, their warm up. We got a couple matches there. Uh, the FTW Championship, the championship that isn't really a championship. Uh, Hook will be defending against Angelo Parker, uh, a what should be a really violent match, possibly. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, yeah, 
two of the baddest guys around here going at it for no apparent reason other than they're just the two of the baddest guys around and they got booked in a match together. But yeah, that should be pretty good there. Uh, some other grudge matches here. We've got Jumbo Boy versus Christian. That's been heated for a while, so this is finally them getting their match against each other. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Of course, these guys were former teammates. Now they've broken up, and Ricky's kind of going the face route where Hobbs is digging as a monster heel, and that should be a pretty good one there, I think. so. Uh, and, of course, uh, lastly, we've got Jade Cargill defending her TBS championship against Athena. Uh, so, of course, we knew her um, in NXT, uh, Kenny Remember Amber Moon. Yeah. So she was that. And so now she's over in AEW and yeah, that's pretty good there. So, uh, also of course a big title match. We were supposed to have, uh, Tony storm taking on the current champion thunder Rosa, but apparently thunder is hurt. So now we're going to have a four way match for a the same thing with the women's Tony Storm versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Yes, folks, she is really a practicing dentist. And Jamie Hayter, which is her heavy, uh, uh, Dr. Britt. Uh, so whether or not they're going to work together or not remains to be seen. And of course, Hikaru Shida. Uh, of course, Shida is a badass. Tony's a badass. Love those ladies. So that should be a good women's match there. So yeah, again, lots of wrestling going on here. So a whole bunch of stuff. But, of course, if you've got any you know, local events where you guys are, if you have some live stuff, uh, of course, uh, I think MLW is still taking a break right now, so they haven't come back just yet from their summer break. So looking forward to their return because, you know, they've got a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah, so, again, so much wrestling going on. Um, I don't get to watch NWA wrestling too terribly much, but there's kind of some, you know, something going on with Nick Aldis trying to get – back the world championship but maybe not i don't know so some controversy possibly there so anyway so lots of good action lots of controversy lots of news going on lots of moving and shaking so yeah so much to talk about so i'm glad you guys got to join us this week uh next week i think we're gonna do some movie talk here so we're gonna maybe bust out a couple of uh movies maybe you're familiar with them Maybe you're not, but uh, they're currently on certain streaming services. So uh, I would recommend some ones to check out here. So we'll, we'll talk about that next time. So you guys have yourself a wonderful weekend. Uh, watch all kinds of streaming stuff. Go watch some movies. Uh, the Invitation is out in theaters right now if you like vampire movies. So uh, I want to check that one out. So, of course, uh, The Warrior Queen's coming out in a couple of weeks. Definitely want to check that one out. So, yeah, lots of cool, geeky stuff there. So you guys have yourself a good one, and I will see you next time on the Fanatic Forum. Take care. Bye-bye.